Welcome to Real World, a podcast from Stumo West for soon-to-be college graduates and young professionals who desire to walk faithfully with Jesus in the real world. I'm Logan, your host for today's episode, and we've got the privilege of sitting down with Dan Edelin today to have a conversation about choosing your job and city with intentionality. Dan is the mobilization director for Stumo in Austin, Texas, where he helps college students process what it looks like to walk with Jesus and make disciples for a lifetime, whether that's in the marketplace, in overseas missions, or in full-time ministry. Dan, thanks for being with us today, bro. Yeah, thanks, Logan. Thanks for having me on. It's exciting. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm excited to have this conversation with you, man. First off, uh, you you have decided to dedicate your vocational life to helping others figure out their fo- vocational life. Man, what, what made you decide to pursue uh, that route? Yeah, man, that's funny. Um, as I think about this, it's kind of pretty unconventional. Um, and so I'll try to keep the spark notes uh, for you guys. But long story short, I went to University of Texas, was not following Jesus, um, came into my sophomore year, and my roommate and lifelong friend uh, who had just come to faith the summer before started sharing the gospel with me. Um, and I came to faith that next summer at Kaleo, um, and the Lord started to just show me and uproot idols in my life of money and success and kind of opened my hand um, for my future. Um, And so I remember my first summer at Kaleo hearing about missions and thinking, man, that's super great. Uh, I can't wait to graduate, get a job and give some money to someone doing that. Um, And then kind of over the next year, God just broke my heart uh, and really just showed me how much, uh, yeah, I just wasn't willing. And so fast forward a year, God's continuing to grow my heart for his heart, uh, people from every tongue, tribe, and nation worshiping him. Um, And so I started thinking uh, and just praying, hey, Lord, if this is an opportunity you want me to step into, if if you want me to go overseas, uh, I'm going to start saying yes in little ways and taking steps in faith. Um, and if, if you make it clear that that's not where you want me, then that's great. But I couldn't get away from the fact as I read the Bible, um, that God, God was giving me a call to give my life to that. Um, and I, and I couldn't understand why I wouldn't go. Um, and so as I read Romans 10, 14 through 15, I was like, man, God's primary means Matthew 28 is to go make disciples of all nations. And so someone has to go. Um, and so ended up moving to Southeast Asia with Sumo, um, to do that. Um, and after five months, I was pretty confident I'd stay there for the rest of my life. I loved it. Um, loved doing ministry there. I was experiencing God's design for my life to be a part of reaching all nations. And my case just happened to be in a country where people didn't know Jesus. Um, and then a couple of weeks later, COVID hit. Um, and so our team came back to America um, and I was super certain I would go back overseas. We got offered to go back for another three years when COVID cooled down. Um, and I called a couple of buddies. I was like, Hey guys, I'm pretty confident. Haven't prayed about this, but would love to hear your thoughts. If, if you think I shouldn't go back, um, and then, yeah, the same roommate that led me to faith, um, was just like, man, every time you call me, you tell me about the need for more people, uh, to be in this race. And so I just felt like I should tell you that as you consider what's next. Um, and over the next two weeks, God made it super clear, uh, to me that it seemed like the best way in this season, um, to be a part of his global purpose was to mobilize people, whether that's into the marketplace into overseas missions or into full-time ministry um, in a way that they're living missionally for that. Um, And so ended up getting offered this job as mobilization director, which I didn't really know what that word meant. 
Um, and so, yeah, now my job is as students are graduating to help them process what it looks like to be a part of God's global purpose and making disciples of all nations, whether they go into the marketplace in Austin or anywhere, um, going overseas or into full-time ministry. Um, and so it's pretty great. Um, I just kind of get to sit down with students a lot like this and talk to them about what it looks like to walk with Jesus and make disciples after college. Man, I love that. I think I know for me personally, as I was graduating college, I definitely wish I would have had a guy like you in my corner kind of talking me through the process. And that's it's one of our hopes with this podcast is that it feels like uh, any listener, any any student who tunes into this can pull up a chair with us and and have this conversation with us. And we're going to talk about, yeah, what it looks like to um, take that step out into the real world and specifically in, in the area of of finding a job and, and finding a place to live and doing that prayerfully and thoughtfully and intentionally. And so Man, as you've uh, shepherded college students that are getting ready to graduate or maybe right on the heels of graduating, man, what are some of the biggest challenges that you've seen them face once they hit the real world? Yeah, man, it's been kind of interesting. Um, even thinking back before my job, as I was getting ready to graduate, um, as I've gotten to spend a lot of time with people who graduated over the last several years. And as I get to sit down with seniors, um, it's kind of interesting just seeing um, how much people struggle with transition. I did. Uh, my transition was different than a lot of theirs. Most people are going into the marketplace. Um, and so it was really clear, I think, for most people in college, especially a part of STUMO, uh, what the really clear, healthy rhythms were for them in terms of walking with God and making disciples. And so your classes start late. And so you wake up in the morning. Uh, wherever you're living, you can spend plenty of time with God. Um, maybe you live in a dorm, you're part of a fraternity, a sports team, and you have a hundred other people like you, um, that look up to you. You already have influence. And so I think, uh, to summarize, I think one of the biggest challenges is not thinking super intentionally about how much that's going to change after college. Um, and so I'd say most people run into problems with their walk with God and desire or even confidence to make disciples, uh, when they don't have like-minded community, um, when they don't have sh someone showing them how to do ministry in the context that they're walking into. And so maybe that's working for Southwest in Dallas um, and then a specific mission that they're working towards. And so, yeah, I would just say that, you know, I could unpack that a lot more. Um, but really, you know, when you come to faith in college, if you're part of STEMO, you go to Kaleo, you come back to campus, someone's discipling you. You join a DMG or a small group of other people who have the same desires as you. You live on mission together and you have a place to do ministry. Um, and so I just think it's, it's crazy to think of one of, if not the biggest transitions in our life is from college to the real world. Um, and thinking that that wouldn't take as much, if not significantly more dedication to finding key ingredients to walking with God and make disciples. Um, but I can say for me personally, I didn't think about any of those things. And so um, one of the things that I, I, I love to tell students is, hey, I did not have this figured out, um, but man, I'm giving my life, at least in this season, to helping other people do that because I see the need for it um, and just over and over and over. And so again, um, to whoever's listening to this, like I would tell you, when you graduate, you have to do that. You have to think specifically about what those key ingredients are going to be for you to walk deeply with Jesus and to make disciples, because there's going to be less like-minded people. You're going to have less influence. There's going to be less familiar familiarity. Um, and you have to make decisions first around with your walk with God uh, before your vocation. And I love those three things. And 
even as someone who's already graduated and have already been living in the real world, I think those three things are so huge for me that if I have if I have an absence of those in my life, it's so hard for me to walk faithfully with Jesus, let alone help others do that too. Um, man, in light of that, do you think that students should be choosing where they live and what community they're going to be a part of and who's going to be pouring into them before they choose their job? Or is that crazy? Like, like, should people be able to just get a job, jump into whatever city they land in and find those things? Or do you think they should be looking for those things first and then finding a job? Yeah, it's funny because as I hear this question, um, part of me has the chip on my shoulder um, hearing, hey, you can't, you can't uh, walk with God and make disciples unless you have those things, um, which for me is pride. Um, and at the same time, uh, I've just seen this play out over and over. And so one of the things I try to emphasize to students is that as a Christ follower, we have a specific purpose and calling for our lives regardless of location and vocation. And so before we even get to what we're going to do or where we're going to do it, we have to be confident in what Christ has called us to be a part of. And so just remembering, hey, in Genesis 12, God called Abraham and say, hey, go away from your country, your people, and your father's household into the land I'm going to show you, and I'm going to bless you so that all people will be blessed through you. And we're invited into that through our faith in Christ. And then Fast forward, um, Matthew 24, the disciples are saying, hey, you know, when when is the end going to come? Like, we're waiting for that. What is that going to look like? And the last thing he says is, hey, this gospel of the kingdom will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. Then the end will come. And then Matthew 28, which we all know and love, is the response Jesus gives to them of how we're going to see that happen. Hey, the way that all people are going to hear the gospel from every tongue, tribe, and nation is, is you my disciples are going to go. Um, and so then you fast forward lastly to Revelation. And so Revelation 5, 9, uh, John is, is, has a peek into the end times and he's looking up and he sees Jesus on his throne. And he says he sees people, a multitude of people from every tongue, tribe, and nation worshiping the Lord. And so we see that that's a promise that will happen. Um, and so we just have to be confident that, hey, that is God's will. That is his mission. It will happen. And he is inviting us into that. And so, again, just having a right perspective with that can help us make decisions on, hey, where are we going to work? Um, who's our community going to be? What are we going to do for our job? And so I would say with that in mind, we have to be making Matthew 6 decisions. And so making decisions where we're seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness and then trusting that he's going to provide everything else. And so if you're anxious about graduation, go read Matthew six. It's Jesus reassuring, uh, in anxiousness that he will provide. And he ends with, Hey, if you seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, all these things will be given to you as well. And so that's, that's what I tell, uh, all of the seniors that I sit down with is, Hey, um, it's not bad to go and be excited about a job. It's not bad to be excited about moving to a city. Um, but man, there's some things that you have to be considering first, if you want that to be the driving force of your life. Um, and so I, I always tell people, Hey, um, regardless of your location, vocation, you need to have three things. And so I kind of mentioned them before. Um, but I say, Hey, you know, before you decide you're going to move, uh, to Lubbock, Texas or Midland, Texas, or move to wherever it is, um, make sure that you have a team, a leader, and a mission. And so before you choose a city, before you choose a job, if you don't have those things, you are 
putting to chance um, you walking with God and making disciples. Um, and yeah, if I've seen anything, the world and the enemy wants to distract us from that purpose. And so, um, yeah, just a team, a leader and a mission. I can break those down more if that's helpful. Um, but like I said earlier, that's just a community and a leader and a mission that you're giving your life to. Um, and I think those really set people up to give their life to that purpose um, before you're thinking about a good job, which isn't bad or a fun city, which isn't bad, but they can't be primary. I love what you said, a Matthew six decision, um, man, a team, a leader, a mission. Those things are so huge. And I think I've, I've even seen people hit the real world and be like, man, it's, it's so hard to find a team, a leader and a mission, especially once you're already in it. And so, and I think there, there, there is a lot of value in what you're saying of, Maybe it's maybe it's better for me to think about those things first and then what I'm going to do for a living and then what I'm going to do from nine to five and, and leaning into my mission in that environment. Man, I would love to like you. You talked about how part of your job as a mobile as a mobilizer is to help people step into the marketplace or full time ministry or overseas missions. I would love to to hone in on the marketplace for a second. Man, could you tell me a story or two of of someone that you've seen really succeed in following Jesus faithfully and making disciples? in the marketplace in particular. Yeah, for sure. Dude. And I think just to, to validate what you said, man, it is hard. If, if you're asking the question, Hey, that seems uncommon. That seems really hard. It's cause it is. Um, and so, uh, Jacob Brown has this great quote, um, that I love. He's a guy that works here with Stumo. Hey, it's not called laboring or it's called laboring. It's not called easing. And so it's hard. It's called laboring. It's not called easing. Yeah. And so again, Jesus, didn't say, hey, come follow me and do whatever you want. He said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And then in Luke 9, 23, he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. And so again, it's not easing, it's laboring. And so, yeah, man, I think as I think of those people, that's what I think of. It's people that made really radical sacrifices uh, to do that, who made that their ambition primarily. And so I think of a guy named Nick Bishop, um, actually got to live with him last year, which was super awesome. He went to A&M, he was in Corps Cadets, um, and gave his life in college to making disciples and saw a ton of fruit. My first Kaleo, he was the project director. Um, but man, as I stepped into this role, I started asking people, hey, who are some guys that are doing this? And Nick's name came up over and over. And so I got to spend time with him. And man, it was just really clear I remember asking him because he was kind of one of the first guys, I think, that intentionally moved to Austin to say, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do some specific things to make sure I'm laboring before I am figuring out the rest of my life. Um, and so Nick moved to Austin. Um, he actually ended up starting a community uh, of basically a disciple making group because he was having trouble finding it. And so, again, if you're asking that question, man, it seems uncommon. It probably is. Um, and so Nick was like, Hey, I'm going to move to Austin. I'm going to find a group of guys who are running this race with me. Uh, and we're going to do some hard stuff. I'm going to work probably eight to five every day. And so I remember when I lived with Nick, he'd wake up at 5 a.m., he'd go work out, he'd get in the word, he'd go to work, and then he would come back and he would meet with this small group once a week. And every week they would go out and they'd go fishing, is what they call it. And so they'd go whether it was knocking on doors with neighbors, whether it was going to the gym or playing basketball. Uh, he didn't have the core cadets of guys. And so he would figure out ways to meet people along with this other uh, yeah, group of community of guys that was holding him accountable to do that. 
uh, with the same intention of getting to share the gospel with them. And so it, it was different. It's a different context. Um, he needed a guy in Austin to kind of help him figure out what that was going to look like. He needed a team to hold him accountable because um, as much of a stud that Nick is, as much of a stud, yeah, that Nick is, uh, he needed the accountability on weeks. And there's weeks that Nick didn't feel like going out and meeting his neighbors. And there's weeks he didn't feel like waking up and getting the word, um, but he made it a priority to seek out like-minded community um, and had a mission for his group where they said, hey guys, the mission of our group is, is in Austin, in the marketplace. We're going to seek to make disciples. Um, and so that was very explicitly the purpose of their group. And there was a ton of fruit from that. There's a guy in a group I'm in right now. It's not a Stumo group. His name's JT. He works at HEB in the bakery. He's 40 years old. He has three kids. And he just moved to Northwest Austin, uh, away from his home church, away from his friends and family, to specifically be in a like-minded group of people. And the dude has started two Bible studies with coworkers and internationals and refugees living in our neighborhood. And I'm telling you what, it's not easy. A ton of sacrifice that that guy has given. Uh, but he made it the purpose of his life. He's making decisions based around that. And so, again, I think um, just as, as I think about those guys, I think there's a girl in Fort Worth uh, who, again, wasn't as involved with Stumo. Um, I know that she was discipled, I think, by a girl in Stumo, joined a disciple-making team with a leader who'd been doing it in Fort Worth and got to lead a girl to faith in her gym. And that girl is now joining their disciple-making group and learning how to do it. Has, the girl has no involvement with Stumo, doesn't know what the Stumo is. It's not a Stumo thing. Um, and so I think just as I think about those people, um, I think it's also important to remind anyone listening that, hey, your identity is not in what you do. And so as you're graduating and going into the marketplace, um, I think it can be easy um, to say, hey, if I don't produce fruit, that somehow God isn't as proud of me or doesn't love me as much. And so I want you to hear loud and clear that that's not true. Um, you need to be abiding in Christ and rooted in your identity um, if you want to walk with Jesus. Um, but you also need to do that if you want to give your life to what Jesus has called you to do. And so at the same time, if you don't believe that God wants to use you and multiply your life like Nick and JT and Hannah do, you're not going to give your life to that. And so that's just the reality. No one else is doing that. You're going to look around. You might go to a great church. And I would put my money on the fact that most people probably aren't making those same decisions. Wherever you work, people probably aren't going to be doing that. And so especially in America, the enemy can just easily distract us from God's mission, uh, which is to see every tongue, tribe, and nation worshiping Jesus. And God wants us to be a part of that in America, overseas, in full-time ministry. And so, yeah, again, just thinking practically, though, all of those people made firm decisions and commitments to being a part of a team, having a leader and a mission. And so, yeah, just a lot of feedback from grads and other people. Um, I would just plead with you uh, to, to find those things because uh, that's what those people have. Man, I love that. I appreciate you sharing those stories because I think... I... I think it'd be easy to just talk hypothetically and theoretically about doing all these things, but to hear some actual names and some actual stories of people really doing it is important. And I really appreciated how you did acknowledge the hardship in it that like we would be remiss if we didn't acknowledge how much of a challenge that really is. And, and that is the reality of the Christian life in so many ways. And so I think we'll be in trouble if we think it's just going to fall right into our laps. Um, it's something we really got to go out and seek. So Man, I appreciate you sharing those stories. Let's shift gears a little bit to 
man, full-time ministry and, and even overseas missions. Um, man, why, why should soon-to-be college graduates consider investing some of their 20s at least in full-time ministry or overseas missions? Man, and in kind of a follow-up question to that, do you think it's like more spiritual or more glorifying to God to work in full-time ministry versus working in the marketplace? Um, but man, why, why do you think that students should at least consider investing some of their 20s in those areas? Yeah, for sure. That's a great question. Um, and I think on the front end, I want to address the more spiritual or more glorifying to God question. Um, and just reiterate before anything else that it's absolutely not more spiritual or better in any way. And so again, just revisiting what we talked about earlier, the call in our lives is the same in the marketplace, in the mission, in missions or in ministry. Um, and many of us uh, we'll probably do all three, maybe multiple. I've already been in a couple. Um, I see myself, yeah, hey, over the next 60, 80 years, it's like, man, who knows what God is going to do? Um, and so it's like, man, you read Acts, Paul stayed to share the gospel with people who didn't know Jesus, and he went to share the gospel with people who didn't know Jesus. And so, again, like there's not one that's more or less spiritual or more or less glorifying to God. It's just, hey, God does desire for me to be obedient. And so it's, Hey, where is that? And in this season. And so as we're talking about, you know, your twenties and we're talking about full-time ministry and overseas missions, um, man, I think one of the biggest reasons that I'm in the job that I am is it's, it's really easy as you open up God's word to see if you want to be obedient to what God's calling you to do in your life. Um, going overseas to share the gospel with people who don't know Jesus is, is the most practical step to seeing Revelation uh, 5, 9 be a reality. And so, yes, there is a need to send. I'm in that role in this season. Like there's a need to send financially, to pray, to mobilize other people. And yes, there's, there's a need um, for that. Absolutely. But the most practical way to reach the unreached is to go. And so Romans 10, 14 through 15, if you guys don't know that, go read it. Um, there's a lot of parts in people knowing Jesus, but someone has to go. And so God's primary means that he's given us of the unreached being reached is that someone would go and tell him. And so just thinking about a lot of people wanting a special moment where God speaks to them and tells them to go uh, or to go into full-time ministry, whether it's for a summer or for a season of life or for their whole life. Um, I just want that to be this moment. And so I think of a lot of scripture that is pretty clear of God calling us to be a part of that. And so if you need some of these, you want to look them up. Um, Genesis 12, 1 through 4, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Matthew 24, 14, Luke 10, 2, Romans 15, 20, Mark 16, 15, Acts 1, 8, uh, Revelation 7, 9. I'm just like, man, I think I fell into that camp of that's great. God doesn't call me to that. And so I'm like, Hey, in your twenties, what better time to do that? And again, it's not that the other opportunities aren't as spiritual or more glorifying to God, but if you want a really practical way to be obedient to what God's calling you to, and from personal experience, the most life-giving uh, opportunity for you um, would be to go and experience God's design for you to be sharing the gospel with people that don't look like you. Um, and man, and so I think that's with the full-time missions. And I think similarly with ministry, um, that practically, it's going to be easy, easier for you to labor and make disciples if it's your job. Um, and so guys, it's not better. Don't hear me say that, but it's easier. Um, and so my roommate, 
He works with two other people. He works from home seven to five. Um, and I have two days a week in a job where my full-time job isn't even to just be on campus doing ministry where I just get to meet internationals and share the gospel with them. And so I have that luxury. And then I'd just say, lastly, the biggest plus of full-time ministry, whether that's overseas or stateside, it's just the development in my opinion. And so guys, I think it's pretty awesome that part of your job could be to grow spiritually, to grow in character and leadership. And I've had supporters who've literally told me I'd love to hire anyone um, that's a, that has been to Kaleo, but B, especially that's, that's worked in full-time ministry or gone overseas because of the, the development that they've had. I had a Christian life coach of mine um, who gave me some good advice and he just said, Hey, your twenties are for your development in your character and your walk with God. Your thirties are for figuring out what God's uniquely gifted you in. And the rest of your life is to live out the most fruitful place uh, for you in life in that design. And so just don't fret over having your life figured out, um, but wrestle with the Lord and ask honestly, Hey, if, if there's an option for you to go overseas or into full-time ministry, um, what could that look like? Um, and so I've certainly uh, seen the fruit of it. I'm sure you have too, Logan. Dude, I would love for you to give just a, a final charge to, to a college student who's listening, who's about to graduate, or maybe someone who's just graduated. Man, what, what's one of the main things that they should be prioritizing in this pretty pivotal um, transition season of life? Thinking back to, we were talking about revelation, uh, man, Jesus who loved you so much that he gave his life for you has invited you into his plan for redeeming all nations. He's invited us graciously to be a part of his will. And we have the joy of getting to know him more through that and to tell other people about this great savior that we have. And so give your life to seeing more people around the throne of Jesus, worshiping him for eternity. Who do you want to see there? For me, I'm praying for some Chinese friends, Lee Zhao and, Ale- and Alex to be there with me for pledge brothers, for family. And on that day, I hope that we all have the joy of knowing that we took Jesus at his word when he told us to go and make disciples of all nations. And so who do you want to be there with you? And um, I think the practical part of that is as you're thinking about graduating, what do you need to do to stay in the race, to keep laboring and making disciples uh, of all nations, regardless of your location or your vocation? And so, yeah, seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and trust that he's going to provide the rest. Find a team who wants to do the same. Find a leader who's doing it and a mission to work towards. And don't settle for the American dream or what the world tells you to give your life to because God's not done with you and your best years of your spiritual life are ahead of you. That's so good. Dan, thanks so much for spending this time with us today, for encouraging anyone tuning in, for for giving us some wisdom. Um, man, I love that. Find a team, find a leader, lock in on a mission and and seek first God's kingdom and his righteousness and let that lead you into the rest of everything else. Man, that's so good. Um, and guys, thank you for tuning into Real World. We pray that you'll take this knowledge and turn it into action. That's just going to lead to a life full of following Jesus faithfully in the real world.